0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So things are getting ugly with dictator Trudeau, his war on freedom and his war on the freedom convoy. I'm going to explain to you what his latest edicts, and that's what they are, uh, really mean and why what he's doing with the banks, what the real long-term goal is. Don't miss that. Also, another one of these moments where you're not wasting your time here. Something happened with Hillary yesterday. It should tell you, and the Durham case, that you are not wasting your time, and I'm not wasting yours. Stay tuned. Hey, why haven't you gotten a VPN yet? Secure your data. Secure your online activity. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. I've got dictator Trudeau. Um, It has been one year today since the uh, all-too-soon passing of the great Rush Limbaugh. We'll acknowledge that, too, in a great article I saw about some lessons we can learn there. And Hillary rarely speaks, but she said something yesterday, which should say something to you, too. Watching you. Watching you, Fokker. Oh, that's an O, folks. Remember, you know, to the uh, liberals that they can't figure it out. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. So small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers, and they're all made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's HenryUSA.com for a free catalog and decals, and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joe, let's go, Daddy O.
1: Alrighty then.
0: Yep. Yeah, so as I said, <laughs> as I said, it's uh, been a uh, a year since the passing of Rush. Uh, we'll get to that uh, coming up. Uh, that is, uh, it seems I have to tell you, you, some people. Oh, it seems like yesterday, but it really doesn't. I think Gee and Joe both said the same thing, which is weird because they didn't hear each other talk. Joe hadn't even logged in yet. And it feels like it's been an eternity. So much has happened since we lost the greatest broadcaster in the history of broadcasting that it just seems like he's been gone forever, and it's just yeah. uh, taken way too soon. So it's just weird. You and Gee said the same thing. But let me get to this first, and we'll get to that later. Um, dictator Trudeau, ladies and gentlemen, has doubled down on tyranny. He is now effectively a dictator. He has granted himself powers. Dictators grant themselves the power to take up and, and and intercept the financial bloodline, steal your money, uh, take away your ability to assemble, take away your ability to speak. Um, all of these things are um, by, by axiomatically powers dictators grant themselves. So Dictator Trudeau, his edicts have the reason, though. There's a purpose behind his edicts. Um, dictator Trudeau is not stupid. Dictator, dictator Trudeau thinks a lot of you are stupid. There's a difference. This guy's not dumb. He knows exactly what he's doing. I want you to listen very, very closely to his justice minister here when asked a question about uh, dictator Trudeau granting himself the ability to close off people's bank accounts and steal their money if they are supporters of this freedom convoy. And I want you to pay very close attention to the answer the justice minister gives about Trump supporters, Trump supporters. Is this a political attack? I thought this was countering terrorism or whatever nonsense you're talking about, your Emergencies Act declaration listen very closely to this check this out you've just compared people who may have donated to this to the, the same people who are funding maybe a terrorist I just want to be clear here sir this is really important a lot of folks says look I just don't like your vaccine mandates and i donated to this now it's illegal should I be worried that the bank can freeze my account what's your answer to that well if, i think if you if you are a member uh, of you know a, a pro-trump movement who's donating hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of dollars to this kind of thing then you ought to be worried Folks, I I can't say this enough. I mean, the the whole purpose of yesterday's show was to tell you that the leftist, you scratch a leftist, you get a fascist. That's always been the case. It's never been any different. They're not hiding that anymore. You don't have to scratch them anymore. You know the lotto ticket you scratch off? The scratchy stuff is off. You can see you lost. Don't sell the ticket. You lost. You can say they're, they're not putting the film back on. They're not kidding. The justice minister's like, hey, listen, if you guys are Trump supporters, yeah, you should be worried. <laughs> if that sounds to you like the kind of thing you'd hear from a dictator and a dictator's lackeys, then you'd be correct. Now, folks, here's what they're really up to. Wait, before I get to that, one quick point here. Get your money out of Canadian banks as soon as you can. Don't wait. Don't pass go. It is now a tyranny. Businesses in Canada are at risk. Your money is at risk. Any time, you know, I, I'll i never forget. This is important. I will never forget spending a lot of time in Panama in my prior line of work, right? I was down there with Jenna Bush. We we're down there for a long time. And I will never forget a couple of the guys wanted to buy property down there. There was this, uh, this, this exploding property market down in Panama, right? Especially in Panama City near the Decapolis Hotel. I don't know if it's still there. And I'll never forget one of the guys we were dealing with, one of the Panamanians, who said, don't buy property down here. He goes, the government, although it's been stable for a little while, he goes, it can flip on a dime and they'll confiscate your property. And I thought, my gosh, thank the Lord we don't have to worry about that in the free world. Now you do. Your property, your money is being confiscated by a dictator and his dictatorial lackeys. Welcome to the the, the, the new third world. Get your money out of Canada as soon as possible. Why? Because of this next story. This is from CBC. Banks are moving to freeze accounts linked to convoy protests. Here's what you need to know. The piece is long. but talks about this ridiculous emergency act. We should call it the Dictator Act. But this piece, this guy gives up the whole bag of donuts right here, ladies and gents. Mark Bloomberg, this is a quote from the piece, Mark Bloomberg is a lawyer at Bloomberg Siegel LLP who specializes in nonprofit and charity law. In an interview, he said that while the Emergencies Act gives banks time-limited powers, these institutions, quote, may just decide to shut the person's bank account down because there could be, quote, huge risks for banks servicing these customers in the future. The verdict is in, Joe. Mark Bloomberg is absolutely correct. And that was the real purpose of this edict from dictator Trudeau. Yeah, don't worry. This will all end in 30 days and we'll just go back to being a constitutional republic. See, that's the thing about, they're not a republic, I'm sorry, a parliamentary system, but uh, back to being a free a free, a free democracy, however they want to, Trudeau wants to fake the, fake the funk at this point. But um, see, that's the thing about giving up in a representative democracy. Once you move away and become a dictatorship, you don't just walk back. Do you realize that centuries, centuries and, and and at a minimum decades of fidelity to process and law and order was thrown out by Trudeau what were once the most considered some of the safest banks in the world in Canada I can't now recommend to you in strong enough terms you pull your money out of I'm not kidding This is not a political attack on Trudeau. I have those, and I will make those during the show. This is a statement of fact. Your money is now at risk because Canada has gone full dictatorship. And the message, the wink and the nod they're sending to banks are, you know, even if you don't confiscate their money now because they're associated with Trump, maybe we'll send you a letter, and that'll be a message not to bank these people later on. Get it? Now do you see why? Take your money out. I told you yesterday the financial attacks on conservatives and patriots and freedom lovers and even moderate Democrats who don't support the liberal agenda. The attacks via the financial bloodlines are only going to get worse. This is the opening strike. This is the the beginning of the beginning. It's not the end of the beginning. It's not the beginning of the end. It's just the beginning of the beginning. Get your money out. Pick your banks wisely. Spread your money around. Folks, don't wait. Do not wait. I had a lady contact me yesterday. She said, I took all my money out. I put it in various accounts in different banks. Smart move. I, I, I it, it pains me to have to tell you this after that conversation I had in Panama. It pains me to have to tell you this. But you're crazy to put yourself at financial risk in Canadian banks anymore. Now, I'm not the only one noticing this. My friend uh, Kyle Becker over at Becker News has a great sub stack. You should check it out. And he has a piece up. This is kind of strange, Joe. Canada's major banks, this is from uh, yesterday, are now reported to be all offline after Trudeau's emergency order to freeze the Freedom Convoy's accounts. He says there have been recent chatter by the Freedom Convoy protesters that a run on banks might be a potential economic reprisal against the Canadian government. Why were some of the banks offline? Folks, I have to be careful here. I'm speculating. Was there a run on banks? Could have been what happened with the banks yesterday. I can tell you right now, there's almost certainly going to be a run on banks going forward in Canada. Get your money out as soon as you can. You are now living in a de facto dictatorship that is no longer in dispute. What was that banks going offline yesterday? Anyone care to kind of ponder what that could have been about? Folks, it's your obligation to resist now your obligation absolutely frightening really frightening right yes you ever thought we'd have this conversation i was gonna say that i can't believe what you're talking about i can't believe about canada yes Joe. Joe about about canada yes a canada we're not talking about north korea we're talking about canada oh my gosh folks you have the power there are tens of millions of you hundreds of millions of you there are not as many of them. It is your obligation to resist, and it's happening right now. And this is why this is not all about, you know, we went through the rundown, and Gee and Jim were like, my gosh, a lot of bad news today. No, not all bad news. People are figuring out that this fight, this fight's going to be rough, but that it's their obligation to resist. Here, look, Newsweek, certainly not a right-leaning outlet from yesterday. Canadian towing company to ignore Justin Trudeau's order to disrupt trucker protests. Adam Staten, Newsweek. They're resisting. Now they're being ordered. You will tow these cars. "Ah, No, we won't. Folks, people are resisting all over the world, and it's got the left in a panic. The left, as I've said to you from the start, operates on what I call the walking dead hypothesis of fear. COVID was a powerful weapon for them. It scared people. And I always cite that walking dead episode, the zombie show where the living humans, to get away from the zombies, they find this prison, and it's a perfect security place. It's an abandoned prison. It's got a fence around it. The zombies can't get in. It's got bars. They literally walk in a prison. Well, it's a show. You get the point. And they live there for a long time. Who voluntarily walks in a prison, either a physical one or an ideological one? People who are scared, who fear that what exists on the outside, the zombies or COVID or whatever, is so frightening that you're only safer in a prison where you've taken away your own liberty to move around. That's why COVID was such an asset to the totalitarians on the left. They had people so scared they voluntarily walked into a prison and surrendered to mandates, mask mandates, all of it. Now all of a sudden people are looking out the windows in the prison and they see no zombies around. They're like, why are we in this prison? I want to go out and smell the fresh air. The beach ball of freedom, folks, is cresting above the water again. People are starting to realize they can resist. It's not just here. Listen, if you're listening to the show today on, uh, on, on Apple or whatever platform, you're not listening on Google because we're not on Google. It is a, uh, a horrible company committed to destroying freedom and censorship. Always squeeze that in there. But please watch the show on Rumble today. Watch this clip. It's about the, I don't know, 13, 14-minute mark. Please check it out. This is protesters in New Zealand Now I can't confirm exactly This has been making the rounds But these are New Zealand natives And they sure know how to protest against mandates I want you to watch this the, 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 The ceremonial dance they do Now this is a protest We gotta learn one of these Joe Check this out Protest better, Joe. We got to work on our skills. I love is it, it. the Haka? that would. I forget. Forgive me. I. I. I don't. I'm trying not to be uh, illiterate on this topic, but I've seen these ceremonial dances. but yeah. Many of you have. But uh, yeah, we got to protest a little better, ladies and gentlemen. The resistance is spreading. Resist. It's your obligation. It's your obligation to walk out of the prison and look at what's out the on the outside. You'll find out there's nothing to be scared of. You have the power. These are lessons we can learn from Limbaugh and what Limbaugh stood for, too. I'm going to get to that in a second. Have no fear here. It'll make sense with this article. One more thing I want to play. Victor Davis Hanson is one of the great thinkers of our time. The admiration I have for him is, uh, is endless. I interviewed him once on my radio program when I was, well, it wasn't mine, but I was filling in a radio show on the weekend at WMAL. He's just a brilliant, brilliant man. He was on Tucker Carlson's show last night. And Victor Davis Hanson, otherwise known as VDH, VDH was making the point last night that I want you to listen to the open of this. You can watch the whole appearance. I had to cut it for the sake of time. But VDH makes the point here that this is all about asymmetries and how justice isn't justice if the rules only apply to one side. It's a dictatorship. Rules aren't rules if you are a select group of people get a pass while other people are prosecuted because you don't like their politics. He refers to it as the asymmetry here and how the truckers get this, how people fundamentally hate unfairness. I will never forget psychological studies. I just, I, when, I was in, uh, when I was in school studying this material, how it doesn't matter if, uh, if you give an animal an amount of food that satiates the animal. It doesn't matter. If he senses the other animal gets more, they're still upset. People, animals, all organisms sense fundamental unfairness, the asymmetry of it. Here's VDH brilliantly summing this up on Tucker. Take a look and digest every second of this.
1: This fault line is more about more than us. It's about the fundamental principle of Western jurisprudence, and that's a symmetrical application of the law. And when there was... Protests all through North America, Canada too. BLM, Antifa—they had no masks. They even went, our healthcare professionals, over a thousand said that BLM didn't have to wear a mask out in the front, and and so everybody understands if that the Trudeau government was for the BLM and Antifa, and they were against people like this, and they had no rational, systematic fairness, and that, that truckers are bringing that up, and ultimately. I don't think Trudeau is going to win this. Even the optics are bad. He has a pajama boy persona, and these people are wonderful people. They're practical people, and they're empathetic. And I think eventually they're gonna, Trudeau's going to lose. And it's really a referendum on this ongoing cultural struggle that we're having in this country against a, an entrenched bureaucratic elite and the corporations, Silicon Valley, the media versus the average person that has nothing other than common sense and popular support.
0: Beautifully stated. And he says in more eloquent terms what I said to you in the Monday and Tuesday show. The optics of this are horrendous. Liberal, liberal cowards like Trudeau, the AOCs, the Bernies, and the Joe Bidens of the world. These liberal cowards have forever perpetrated the falsehood that they are the advocates for the working man and woman. That is false. They have never been advocates for you. They hate you. They have a patrician spirit to quote Fred Segal in his book, Revolt Against the Masses. And they look at you like the great unwashed that you're the smelly deplorables. That's the way they speak about you. They have never liked you. They have always had a disgust for the middle class. Now you're seeing it. The optics of this are awful. Hold the line. Resist. It's our duty to resist. All of us. And I'll tell you about something I'm doing soon. Don't think I'm sitting here just sitting on my bed. Oh, you guys resist. And I'm just going to talk about it. No, no. I'm always doing something. Always. Every time. I'm working on something right now. Announcements uh, coming soon on that. At risk to myself, too. And that's good. Resist. It's our obligation. And they will not win. People sense the asymmetry and the unfairness of this all. BLM, Burn Down Cities. Peaceful trucker convoy, steal their bank accounts, put them in jail. Declare dictatorial powers. All right. Um, the next segment, I want to move on a little bit. I want to talk about Rush just a little bit. And then Hillary. Hillary spoke yesterday, which says something. Hillary rarely speaks out about her role in the biggest spying scandal in U.S. history. It's for a reason. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, it was a year ago. Although I have to agree, you know, some people say, oh, it feels like yesterday. Maybe to you. It doesn't to any of us. It doesn't to Joe, and it nope. doesn't to Gee. It actually feels like it's in a, an eternity since we lost the greatest broadcaster in the history of broadcasting, Rush Limbaugh. I've, you know, I told you in the last days when he was on the air, nobody knew. There was no announcement. It was going to be his last show. I was in my bathroom. I had. To, I used to listen to Limbaugh on the uh, on the app on my phone. And I'm listening to Limbaugh on what would be tragically his last show. And I'm shaving or something like that. I don't know. But I have to tell you, I was listening passively. I wasn't listening actively. And I knew he sounded bad. I knew he sounded bad. And I I thought to myself, gosh, he really doesn't sound good. Uh, You know, I hope we can hear him on Monday. But folks, if I would have known that was his last broadcast, I would have stopped what I was doing and I would have cherished every second of it. And I got to tell you, it's one of my great regrets. I really only remember him saying goodbye because I was just passively listening. And I want to say, although I'm only on some of the stations he was on, Clay and Buck are on others, Dana Lash, Eric Erickson, Charlie Kirk on other stations, um, and some have local hosts as well. We're on about, I don't know, 200 stations maybe plus he was on. It's uh, the greatest honor of my lifetime. I mean, I grew up listening to the man. He changed my life like he did many of you. And I looked around for a number of articles. Um, It's really hard to sum up the impact Rush Limbaugh had on tens of millions of Americans, hundreds of millions of Americans. And I saw this one, and it's really good. It's up at foxnews.com. Be my newsletter today. It's by Diana Alaco, and it's one year without Rush Limbaugh. Five lessons he he left us on how to handle the left. Now, there's probably a thousand lessons. I'm not going to go through all five of them, but she brings up a couple that uh, I know I certainly learned from Rush Limbaugh. First lesson, folks, reject the premise of their argument. When they ask you these ridiculous questions, you know, why do you hate the poor so much? You should never answer the question backward. I don't hate the poor because why? What's the headline in the Washington Post tomorrow? Dan Bongino says, I don't hate the poor, which makes people go what? You say what? Well, why did... why does Dan Bongino hate the poor? Why does he have to deny it? Reject the premise of the question entirely. Why do I, why do I hate the poor? Why do you hate the poor? Why is it that the poor uh, tend to congregate in cities run by liberal Democrats? Maybe because they're not poor and Democrats made them poor. Why do you hate the poor? Reject the premise of the question immediately. One of our other lessons in here, have no fear. We opened up the show with that today, folks. You have the power. You outnumber these liberal nuts in charge. You outnumber them. Their greatest fear is the collective organizational power of the people. Organize right now. Resist. Communicate. And remain peaceful. And you will not be defeated. Organize. Communicate. Resist. Remain peaceful. And you will not be defeated. And and what did Anais say? An enemy is not defeated until he considers himself So. I do not consider myself defeated, and I know neither do you. You are not defeated until you say so. Have no fear going forward. Another lesson you learned from Limbaugh, stay on offense all the time. All the time. We know who the left is. Their fascist tendencies are out there. Do not back down one bit. Not one single bit. Plow full steam ahead. Reject the premise. Have no fear. Stay on offense all the time. We owe it to our kids to fight for what we believe in and to teach them how to fight back. Rush was one of the great leaders who taught us all that. May God rest your soul, Rush Limbaugh. And thank you to all the people involved in his show as well. Both Snurdly, his wife, Catherine, all of you. Cookie, <laughs> all of you. You're wonderful, and uh, and to all the people who's uh, who are in the, the spot now on other stations. I'm not on, you know. God bless you too. I, I hope we all can advance his legacy. All right, um, I want to get to next. I want to get to Hillary. She rarely speaks, ladies and gentlemen. And when she does speak, she chooses her words very deliberately. She has managed to avoid any serious statements any prolonged uh, kind of diatribes on these serious on these serious charges against her for a very long time. She is worried. She is very, very worried right now. I, I'm not telling you she's going to be arrested for the thousandth time or that the DOJ is going to do a damn thing. I'm talking about exclusively Hillary Clinton being concerned about her reputation, her legacy, and her political future. She may want to run for president. I'm not getting into the legal stuff. You know what, Key? Before we go in, this, gonna you know, let me get to my third sponsor, folks. I, I appreciate your patience, but I want to do that. I don't want to. I want to make sure we get this because it's this a very important segment. It's even Chiron on Fox right now. Hillary Clinton reacts to Durham. For, she rarely reacts. All right, let's hammer into this. Here's a Fox News article. So Hillary, uh, in in uh, response to the latest legal filings by Durham outing another aspect of this spy scandal, deeply disturbing. Internet data from a server exploited, according to this legal filing, by Hillary Clinton's lawyer and brought to the CIA and the FBI from what appears to be the White House, Trump Tower, and Central Park West, uh, Central Park West Department, according to the allegations, are so disturbing. Hillary had to say something. Fox News, Brooke Singman. You can read this in my newsletter today as well. Hillary Clinton reacts to Durham filing, says Trump and Fox News are desperately spitting up a fake scandal. Folks, she's worried. What did I tell you about the fact checkers? What I tell you guys, the fact checkers, they're they're all over this story. They're all over. Now, here's the problem they're having. If you cite the sworn legal document, the propagandist, loser, Soviet fact checkers, if you cite the legal filing, there's nothing they can do. They can't fact check a legal. It's a fact. It was filed in a legal filing. It is among the internet data exploited. That is what Durham's alleging Hillary Clinton's paid lawyer and the DNC lawyer Sussman did. They took legally obtained data for what he alleges are illicit purposes. They they can't fact check that. So what do they do? They do what they always do. The euphemisms game. If you say the server was infiltrated, fact check, false information. False information, they don't, by the way, they don't know any of this is false or not because they don't know what Durham has. They just need to shut it down, which says to me, Hillary is terrified. She put out a statement saying, basically, this was some big conspiracy theory and a fake scandal. Folks, trust me when I tell you, this scandal is very real. Hillary Clinton does not care. I'm dead serious on this. This serious as a heart attack. Hillary Clinton does not care about being locked up and spending a week in prison. Dan, sure she does. No, believe me, she doesn't. I know Hillary. I worked with Hillary for a long time. She is a genuinely evil, awful human being. Awful. And it takes a lot for me to say that. Awful. She will walk out of a week in prison as a martyr and raise $10 billion for a presidential campaign. She doesn't care. So, Dan, why is she panicked? You just said she's panicked here. She's panicked because she cares about her legacy. Hillary Clinton wants to be known as this transformative female liberal figure for women's rights. She doesn't want to be known as the Richard Nixon of the left. Oh, come on. Listen, guys, ladies, please, I'm begging you. I know how this woman, she is the most mercenary, evil person in the political scene I've ever seen. There is no one even close she has an ego like you wouldn't believe. Her biggest fear is being remembered by history because of her massive ego. As the Richard Nixon of the left. Cash that check, folks. That's why she's fighting. She doesn't care about fighting back. That's why she doesn't care about going to jail. I, I lock her up is great, but it doesn't it doesn't she doesn't care. She'd probably like it. She'll come out a martyr. Look, oh, free, free. I'm telling you, that's why she's got the fact checker army, trying to rewrite history on Wikipedia and elsewhere to make make this all go away. Now, what did I tell you the other day? And I don't want you to think you're ever wasting your time here. I said to you that there were two takeaways. One of them was missed by the media. I said on Monday's show with the Durham filing about Hillary and the data they exploited, according to the filing from the server. I said to you, the big takeaways, number one, and I'll cover this on my Fox show this weekend too, so please tune in Saturday at nine. It's important. That Durham's filing doesn't say that the DNS data is the only data that was exploited. It says it's among the internet data. Meaning, if you have basic reading comprehension skills, that Durham likely has more stuff he hasn't put out there yet. But I said the second part of this, is Durham's filing about the conflict of interest on Sussman's legal team says to me that he's sending a message to Sussman, the Democrat attorney they're trying to prosecute. Hey, man, you better scrap this legal team because these are Obama's people and they're going to try to cover for Obama. They are not going to try to help you. Here it is in a piece right here. Yesterday, Jeff Murdoch, Washington Times. Please read this in the newsletters packed today. Please read this piece. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Headline, explosive allegations protect Durham probe from being shut down. Washington Times. Here, quote, from the piece. We're talking about the Durham filing on Friday and Saturday. Durham thinks he needs this revelation, the revelation about the DNS data and the stuff. Durham thinks he needs this revelation, but I don't know why he thinks he needs this to investigate conflicts of interest unless he thinks he's about to get canned. (laughs) Firing a special counsel carries substantial political risk, the piece goes on. Any attempt to fire Mr. Durham would be seen as political interference to cover up wrongdoing by Obama or Biden administration officials. Oh. Oh, sounds uh, sounds like something I said Monday, right? Here's what Durham's filing really means. The reason he put the conflict of interest stuff in there is to wink and nod to both the judge and the defendant, Sussman, Hillary Clinton, and the DNC lawyer accused of lying. That, hey, these Obama people are implicated in this. His fixer was at Latham and Watkins, the law firm you're involved with. Along with Perkins Cooey. You better separate from these people quick because uh, I'm going after them too. And they don't have your interests in mine. And one more thing to Obama and Biden out there. If Biden tries to have me fired, I know something about what you know and what you're trying to prevent getting out there through your fixer. You get it? Get it? Got it? Good. You see what he's doing there? Yep. You are not wasting your time here. Ever, I promise. This story is only going to get worse. And by the way, I had Sarah Carter on my radio show yesterday. She'll be on, we'll, we'll replay the interview on my weekend podcast show here. You can hear it. Listen to the interview, specifically what she says at the end. In the uh, in the paperwork, the legal filing by Durham, they mentioned not only uh, the uh, the exploiting of the data from Trump Tower, Central Park West residents of Trump and the White House. But they also mention a medical provider. Pay very close attention to that in the coming days and weeks. Never get out ahead of your skis. All right. Uh, Let me move on. Folks, there is a very serious, serious inflation crisis coming on right now. Hitting us in the face. That's obvious. Prices are going up. You can see them. It doesn't take a political scientist or an economist to tell you what's self-evident every time you fill up the gas tank and check out at the grocery counter. But I, I hope you understand how probably inflation and military adventurism have been the two causes of the crash and decay of, of empires in the last couple thousand years. Debasing the currency is one of the single greatest causes of the collapse of countries' nation states in in, in, our, in, our, in the last in the last couple thousand years. Inflation, the examples are everywhere of countries nearly having to start from scratch after debasing their currency. It's a little slow here, but this is yahoo a Yahoo kind of podcast. This is a guy, Charlie Munger, and he's on talking about inflation. And he says exactly that. And I want you to listen to every word of this. This guy understands how serious this crisis we're looking at. If they don't get a hold of this is, check this out.
2: Inflation is a very serious subject you can argue it's the way democracies die when democracy dies in latin america inflation is a big part of it so it's a huge danger once you've got a populace that learns it can vote itself money if you overdo it too much you ruin your your civilization a lot and so of course it's a big long-range danger if you look at the Roman Republic, and even after they went to a empire with an absolute ruler, they inflated the currency steadily for hundreds of years. And eventually the whole damn Roman Empire collapsed. So it's the biggest long-range danger we have, probably, apart from nuclear war.
0: The biggest long-range danger we have, the exception of nuclear war, you think this guy's just making that up? Ugh, he's a alarmist? The left, like, that's eh, a conspiracy theory. Really? Is it? Folks, think about what inflation is, right? It's a debasing of your currency. So you have money in a bank account. Every day it buys less and less and less, right? Prices go up and up and up. You don't get raises that go up and up and up. So your money buys less. Not hard, right? Well, Dan, how would that lead to collapse of uh, the collapse of an empire, country, a nation state? Well, what happens when your money buys less and less and less because prices go up for products? Well, if you have assets, assets, notably your upper middle class or very wealthy and you have diamonds and expensive watches and gold bars and real estate, prices go up. Prices go up fast then you could kind of hedge against inflation, right? If you're making less money and you're making 50% less, but your house goes up 55%, It may be a push for you. So the rich and upper middle class for inflation, they don't do too bad. Sometimes they even benefit, especially if they're hedged well. But who doesn't have assets? Renters, people who have to uh, lease cars, people who just are living paycheck to paycheck and don't accumulate enough savings to buy assets. As their savings and what they, the little bit they have, buys less and less and less. So what does that create? What's step two? You know, you you'd think liberals would think this through, right? They're the party of the little guy. You think people in the at the lower end of the income scale don't see the asymmetry? Oh, there's that word again, VDH. The asymmetry, a BLM trucker protest. People recognize unfairness, folks, and they hate it more than anything. So what happens when you see your rich neighbor? He's not struggling at all. He's got a set of uh, you know, $2,000 steak and wine boxes being sent to his house while you're living off cat food because your paycheck doesn't buy stuff anymore. You see how popular revolts come out of that? Maybe they're doing this on purpose. The whole great reset thing, right? Year zero, start from scratch. It's inflation. It's not just about money, folks. It's about survival. Showing you how bad things you're going to get, by the way, this is a Federalist article. Again, the newsletter is loaded today. Sorry to repeat it, but it'll be there, this article. <laughs> Justin Haskins, a Federalist. Key indicator, hence America's head for its worst real estate uh, crash in history. Folks, you realize I saw a number in this piece that's astonishing. The average sales price of a home in just two years has gone up $93,000. Good luck if you don't have assets. Good luck on that one. Two pager today, uh, as always, being that I screwed up the ads. <laughs> screwed up the ads at the beginning of the show because I'm a knucklehead. Yesterday, after the show, I wasn't paying attention. All right, just a quick uh, programming announcement. So, tomorrow, uh, excuse me, uh, Saturday night, 9 p.m., Saturday, 9 p.m., my Fox show, I have a special guest this week. I'm super excited. Uh, Mark Levin, the great one. Uh, the greatest living broadcaster out there now. It's, a, it's, a, it's an honor and a, a distinct pleasure to have him on the show as a guest this weekend on Unfiltered. I have, he hasn't been on yet. I've been on his show. He's been gracious enough to allow me on twice, but um, he's never done my show, so please don't miss that. Okay, uh, let me get to my last sponsor. Here's what I got coming up. A lot of times I get emails from you, Dan, stop warning the left about what they're doing wrong. They're going to lift and shaft and fake. No, they aren't. Don't ever forget my bad people hypothesis. The left can't control itself because they think you're bad people with ideas, not people with bad ideas. There's a difference. I'll show you proof in a second. I, not, I wish they would change. They won't. I promise. Okay. I do. I get these emails a lot. Stop warning them, Dan. Let the left double down on stupid. If they're going to stop, they are not going to stop. The left can't stand you. Not all Democrats, but the far left can't stand you. They don't think you're people with bad ideas. Therefore, they're not trying to debate you. They want to attack. They think you're bad people. It takes control of them emotionally. The foaming at the mouth, the screaming at the skies after Trump was elected. Ah, like lunatics, right? This is what they do. They can't control themselves. So San Francisco, as we discussed yesterday, had a school board recall election where three far, far, far left school board members in San Francisco, not San Diego or San Antonio, in San Francisco, liberal, 85% of voters there supported Joe Biden in San Francisco, got routed, got routed and recalled out of it. It wasn't even close. It was like 70 plus people voted for 70% plus and all of them recalled these people. Now you would think San Francisco San Francisco Democrats would be like, "Oh my gosh, this is really bad." I mean, this is the liberal capital of the world. We have liberal school board members getting thrown out for doing crazy stuff like taking Abraham Lincoln's name off a of school and closing schools out. Nope. Nope, not at all. Blaze Carlos Garcia, San Francisco official blames racism, Trump and closet republicans for the recall of school board members. Trump Joe He's a big influence in San Francisco, Joe. <laughs> Arbacast, you know Trump, man. Yeah. There's just Trump rallies on every corner everywhere, in Frisco. Everywhere. There you go, baby. Donald Trump, not rice Donald Trump, the San Francisco tree. <laughs> Donald Trump, the San Francisco tree. Here you go. Here's the quote by uh, Shaman Walton, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors president. He said, Trump's election and bold prejudice brought a lot of that out, even in our democratic and liberal city." He said to the San Francisco, even Gieslevin, the San Francisco Chronicle, days before the election, there are a lot of people who do not want people of color making decisions in leadership, even though the voters said that is what they want, he added. Folks, they will learn nothing, nothing. Trust me, they think you're bad people with ideas for the third time. And how do people respond to what they think are genuinely evil, bad people? liberals at least, who have no self-control and no emergency break on their behavior. Remember, they don't believe in God-given rights like we do. What's the difference, Dan? We think a lot of what they do is evil too. Yes, but we have an emergency break. God-given rights and faith. That's why our rallies are peaceful, and that's why we do not support violence. The left does not care. They have no emergency break whatsoever. That is why you will only only see more of this, not less. I promise nothing is going to stop them from doubling down. And I think 2022 is going to be an electoral apocalypse for the left. I think congressional districts are going to be in play that haven't seen a Republican in 15, uh, 20 years. It's every two years, so 16 to 20 years. We'll see. All right. This is a good time to re-up this piece. I've used it before. It's from CEI. again, be in the newsletter today, but it's an important piece. Why? Because uh, d- despite the fact that Russia right now is, is threatening an invasion in Ukraine, and there are actual ways outside of uh, a full-blown war, which of course, you know, I don't support. I've said that multiple times, but there are ways to economically damage Russia. And one of the ways to do it would be to use the resources, petroleum resources, oil and gas resources we have in the United States to become an even bigger world leader, because we're doing a lot now, to export to countries so they don't have to rely on Russia. You get it? A lot of these countries are in in hock to Russia because Russia's keeping them warm during the winter with their gas. We could do that. But lefties in this country are causing a geopolitical crisis by decimating our natural gas industry and oil industry and trying to crush it. And they do it using nonsense predictions. If we don't do it, the world is going to end in 12 years. So I thought of this piece by Myron Ebel and Stephen Malloy from September 2019. So we've used it before. But if the left is right and we should allow Russia to take over the world and China to take over the world and Russia using its monopoly, uh, let them have a monopoly on the gas industry because you predict the world's going to end in 12 years. Let's look at, you would think, Joe, right? Let's go back to your other predictions. And, you know, Man. if you were right a lot, wouldn't you be like, all right, you know, Dan, maybe we should dial this down a little bit. I mean, they've been right before. So let's go back. This, idol, this article, uh, with, uh, CEI, is called Wrong Again, 50 Years of Failed Ecopocalyptic Predictions. I'm not going to go through all of them. I got five of them, though. There's a ton in there. If you want to read the piece and read through them all, it's in the piece in the newsletter today. <clears throat> Let's go back in time a little bit from 1967. Environmental apocalypse. Oh, the environment's going to collapse. We're all going to die. Here it is from the Salt Lake Tribune, November 1967. It's already too late, folks. Dire famines forecast by 1975. Yeah, that didn't happen. No good on that one. Eh, Big X on that one. No dice. All right, Dan, come on, 1967. All right, let's go to 1970. 1970 piece in the Boston Globe. Scientists predict a predict a new ice age by the twenty first century. Joe, did we miss that? Ah. Were you there for that? The ice age? Did you see that one? <laughs> no. G, like I'm down here in Florida, I must have missed that one too. There's really no evidence of that down here in Florida either. Maybe it's just no. us, Joe. Maybe Joe in Maryland experienced just got a it, cold. and we yeah. all missed out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a little yeah. Joe's like got a little cold last week. Was that the ice age that <laughs> I miss it in a jiffy? Um, okay, so that one was wrong. Nineteen seventy. Here's another one. You know, Paul Ehrlich, he was the population bomb guy. Paul Ehrlich had predicted ridiculously that we were all going to starve to death because population growth would be geometric and food growth would be arithmetic. In other words, food growth wouldn't grow as quickly as population and therefore we'd all die. Okay. Well, let's see how that worked out. Here's another prediction from 1970. Dr. Ehrlich, outspoken ecologist to speak. Suggesting we were subject to rationing and food rationing by the 1980s. He predicted this, too. And it does need saying. Ehrlich predicts that the oceans will be as dead as Lake Erie in less than a decade. This was from 1970. Good prediction. It really nailed it there. Paul Ehrlich. Hey, really spot on on that one. Apparently forgot to take into account total factor productivity and how human beings would figure out a way naturally to feed themselves and control their own population, which in advanced countries is leveling off. <laughs> they, we haven't had that. Yeah, that's a perfect timing for that. I didn't see that coming, but that's a good one. Let's just two more quick ones showing you how these people have been wrong. Let's move to 1988. This is the Canberra Times from our Australian friends. Maldives completely underwater in 30 years from 1988. You know the Maldives? It's threatening to cover the Indian Ocean nation of 1,196 small islands within the next 30 years, according to authorities. Joe, wow, these authorities. <laughs> yeah, is there, a, is there anyone left in Maldives? Does anyone live in Maldives? Or are they all evacuated? 000. How many? 540,000 people. They didn't leave. Crazy, Joe. They didn't believe the predictions. It's good call. Souls. Uh, thank you from the folks in the Maldives. <laughs> yeah, no one seemed to leave. Just like Obama's not leaving his, uh, his uh what, what is it, right. his Martha's Vineyard yeah. waterfront. Probably. I thought that was going to be underwater too. Obama's not evacuated either. Here, one more, and I'll throw this out there showing you how these people They have a 100% success record of failure. Here's 2008. Um, Al Gore warns of an ice-free Arctic by 2013. Um, is, the artist, is the Arctic ice-free? Uh, no, it's not, folks. As you can see, if you actually check the piece out, there's a graph of Arctic ice, which has not moved. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I didn't realize I said that. Arctic sea ice area of the ocean with at least 50% sea ice. Yeah, hadn't changed much at all there. Nailed that one too. Good job with that arctic ice. You fellas really knocked it out of the park, folks, <laughs> making my point again. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Can't this is myself. that's a double mutley, just at different times. That's the first split double <laughs> mutley in the history of the yes, show. It is. Same theme, same mutley, different times. This is all a scam, folks. They are BSing you. They're using tree ring data. That nonsense. Ice cores to detect temperature changes, tree ring data, that they can't, they can't even predict the, the temperature for next week. You think you're going to predict the temperature for next century? This stuff is nonsense. It's all crap. They're trying to scare you. It goes back to the old adage. They call these people watermelons. Green on the outside, red like the Soviets on the inside. They simply exchange the class warfare of their early Marxism with environmental warfare now. It's that simple. Yep. Ignore these people. Take care of the environment because we should. God gave us a wonderful planet and we should take care of it. It's the right thing to do. But that does not mean we shouldn't impoverish and starve hundreds of millions of people to comport to comply, excuse me, with predictions that are never true. All right. Hope you enjoyed the show today. Uh, please subscribe to my Rumble account, rumble.com slash Bongino. We're closing in on 2.2 million subscribers. We could really use your help. Since we got off YouTube, it has been the most refreshing experience I've had in this uh, content space. Thank you so much for supporting us over there. Thanks for tuning in, folks. See you on the radio show a little later. You just heard Dan Bongino.